Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. Well, 2022 is almost done, finished. And if you look back, can you think about some of the amazing experiences you've had over the course of the year? Can you think about some of the things that you're proud of as an individual who is well, listening to a podcast called Crazy Enough to Win. And I wish you the most amazing success in 2023. Now, today's topic is about talent. And I'm going to share with you a word that is typically applied to financial circles, but I think we can cross-pollinate this concept in the world of finance into the world of top talent and people. So the idea behind this podcast is that top talent is fungible. And I'm going to define this word in a moment, but think about fungibility. And the challenge that I have for you is we as hiring managers far too often require industry experience. Are you looking for industry experience when hiring? If so, I plan to challenge your thinking and hope to change your mind when we are finished together today. So a friend of mine named Scott Hardigree introduced me to a concept called gas regarding the people we hire and retain at work. And GAS is an acronym for gives a shit. Now, Scott and I are ex-military, so the language is less offensive. But for this intellectual work, I'm going to tone things down. Just remember the acronym. We were in a deep conversation when he shared this, Jim, and the language is far too sticky not to share with you. So let's return to the question regarding industry experience. I do see the value of someone knowing your industry or sector. I get it. I understand the attraction. However, you can miss a vast talent opportunity by limiting the scope of your search for top performers. And Additionally, the limitations of this type of search in any scarce employment market like we're seeing now may force companies to select experience over gas. Remember, we want people with gas. The temptation is most likely to trap the average hiring manager. Well, they have experience. Let's hire them and they will make the wrong decision. People with mediocre talent and industry experience may seem justified. And folks, this tactic is a big mistake. It is a huge mistake. Now back to the word at the beginning. What is fungible, you might be asking? Well, fungibility is the ability of a good or asset to be interchanged with other individual goods of the same type. In other words, just like money has fungibility, top performers are fungible in the sense they can 
interchange across different industries with success. So when given a choice, always select gas over experience. People with gas can cross-pollinate a lot of different industries. Now, before you get too upset with me, industry experience does have value. But guess what? It lacks much fungibility. It is valuable and limited by the industry in which it exists. By name, it represents explicitly the industry you are describing. If you are looking for someone with manufacturing experience, you will not select healthcare experience or vice versa. Making sense? And before you get frustrated with this thinking, there is a difference between industry experience and credentials to perform a job. The credentials to be a pilot can exist in both the airline and crop dusting industries. Make sense? The credentials to be an engineer can live in the automotive and manufacturing industries. Specialization is not insignificant as a subordinate to the generalization of any given field. So we do want surgeons and pilots with experience. However, they're not limited by their specialization unless they choose to be. So it should make sense that a top talent engineer can effectively operate a daycare. And this next piece may be, well, you may find it amusing, but I've heard that many engineers are leaving the field for a second career. And the second career that many engineers are choosing is baking. They want to operate a bakery because the same rigid uh, skill and application of rational thinking goes into baking as in the field of engineering. Hmm. So back to our problem. The problem all starts with the limitations of seeking experience first. How many job ads do you see? Five years experience, three to five years experience, two years experience. It's not insignificant, yet we place too much emphasis on job experience when recruiting talent. I just think we do. And I think we use work history to make the search for top talent easier on ourselves. There, I said it. It makes it easier on ourselves. If we find someone who worked in X industry, we think that will make them a better talent opportunity for our own organization. And I think we do this when we look for work history and assume that they're going to have gas or whatever other traits you look for. I think we do this to the organization's detriment. In other words, it's just more convenient to find a salesperson with computer experience in the world of computing because they are in the same grouping and easier to find. And, but this limits the scope of our search. This limits the population that we're looking for when it comes to finding people with gas. And as a result, we unintentionally avoid selecting exceptional sales talent who could become rock stars with some training. I mean, rock stars.
They are completely excluded from consideration. And additionally, we seek industry experience as a shortcut because our organization lacks effective training programs. Now, Peter Zion wrote a book recently called The End of the World is Just the Beginning, and he's talking about how so many populations are going to suffer because of demography, demographics, that we're not going to have enough young people. Many countries are far worse off than the U.S., but he talks about how we're losing young people with skilled talent, young people with specialized skills. And since those young people don't have those skills, they're not available to hire, and we're about to cross the precipice where so many of the older employees, the older talent, the older skilled workers are retiring, that there's a huge gap. And, you know, I'm thinking that if if I'm advising an organization on a strategy, what do we do about this deficit? Where are the people? Where are the workers? Instead of training people with gas like we should, too many companies are opting for relevant work history. And they just hope that adequate performers exist on the team. Ouch. This is mediocrity at its highest. Well, they're the best we can find. And we just tolerate them. That's the problem, folks. There are far fewer people with the skills you're looking for out there. And even more with the experience because they are retiring. Think of it this way. You posted a position for a department manager. Four people apply. Only one has five years of industry experience. The other three seem eager to learn with gas. If all three lack experience, who do you think gets selected most often? Yep, the person with the experience. Regardless of whether they have gas or not, they can be slugs or duds or C players, or whatever name you want, but those are the people that are getting hired because they have experience. (laughs) Defaulting toward experience over other considerations is the problem. I'm not saying experience is to be ignored, but don't default towards experience because our companies pay dearly for the mediocrity this perpetuates. And in the same way, Athleticism is fungible in most sports early in life. If someone has a high level of athleticism, well, they can learn to play most any sport with time and practice. Strength, speed, coordination are predictors of success in most sports. So keep that in mind. Keep the idea of athleticism. Well, people with gas. You know what that represents, combined with other traits like intelligence, grit, which is the ability to work on something all the way through, and a good work ethic, are far superior to any industry experience. There I said it. People with gas who have intelligence, grit, and good work ethic are far superior to any industry experience. Discretionary effort, 
is the effort provided beyond required effort. So we pay people for required effort. Discretionary effort is the effort they give because they want to. In other words, it's the effort that gets provided without consideration for pay. At its heart, it's called intrinsic motivation, as described by Daniel Pink. Listen to this quote. When the reward is the activity itself, deepening learning, delighting customers, doing one's best, there are no shortcuts. That's by Daniel Pink. So, five years of bad experience is difficult to assess during interviews. I was listening to a Simon Sinek uh, video on YouTube recently, and he talked about a ticket agent treating a customer badly because she accidentally got up when the wrong group number was called. And Simon challenged her. He said, why are you talking to us that way? Why do you speak to us that way? And she goes, sir, if I don't do my job, I will lose it. This is my job. Your job is to treat people badly? You know, that airline, which he talked about later in the video, ended up having, uh, well, you might remember this, a customer pulled off that was really injured as they pulled him off a plane. And Simon said that airline had been building towards that event in how they operated for many years. That was the culmination of the culture of that airline. So I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to stay in the, in the vein of the airline ticket agent. Think of the one that I just mentioned, the one that treated the person badly because they got up when the wrong group number was called. So an airline ticket agent with five years of experience applies for a job with another airline for five years. She worked for a strict, rule-focused, and rigid company with a high emphasis on following company policy as the top priority. We follow the rules. Whatever the rules say, we follow the rules. What does the policy say? We follow the policy. That was her experience for five years. Customer service was much lower on the priority list at her previous job. So here's my question. How long will it take her to unlearn that experience if customer delight is the highest priority at the new airline? How does she unlearn five years of being rigid, of being rule-focused, if the new airline wants her to put the customer above the rule? How does she do that? It's going to be a heavy lift. So here's my recommendation for you. Here's the meat of this podcast. And by the way, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to this podcast. Let me notify you when I upload a new episode. Share this with people on social media. But here's my recommendation when it comes to experience. Make experience an optional feature when hiring. Look for evidence of gas first. Look for people with gas first. And what does this person care about in life? If they don't care about anything, they're not likely to care about your job. If they don't care about anything outside of work, they're not 
likely to care about the job that you are hiring them for. What have or are they doing to master their craft? If they care about something, they're working on it. They're tweaking and improving and reading and listening to things that will help them better their craft. Now, credentials matter as a minimum qualification for sure. I'm not saying that you're going to hire someone for accounting without an accounting background. And it would be best if you learned accounting to be successful in an accounting role. And before I let you go, there's one more quote I want to share with you from Daniel Pink. One of the best predictors of ultimate success isn't natural talent or industry expertise, but how you explain your failures and rejections. Don't you love that? Top talent, also referred to as A players, are fungible. They can go from different industry to different industry. They can cross-pollinate a lot of industries. And they learn fast because they are people who care. They, they, they're engaged. They're people who really want to get the most out of whatever it is they're doing. And if you can find and attract these people, your odds of success are much higher when it comes to hiring. And you've heard the old saw, one of my favorite saws, hire for attitude, train for skill. Hire for attitude, train for skill. I remember an old Southwest Airlines story. You know, Southwest Airlines is getting beat up in the media right now. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm a loyal fan of Southwest Airlines. I think they're going to dig out of this. I think they're going to be better. Sure, they've got problems. But I am confident that Southwest Airlines will get better as a result of this horrible experience during this past holiday travel season. But here's the... Here's the story from Southwest. Now, this is a secondhand story. I'm not, don't quote me on this. Don't source me on this. Don't say John Grubb said this. But there's a story from many years ago about a pilot opening and four candidates arrived to be interviewed for this one pilot opening at Southwest. And three come in with the typical power suit, the dark colored suit, the tie, the nice shoes. One comes in wearing Hawaiian shorts, a very uh, colorful Hawaiian shirt, sandals, and a funny hat. And when the interviews begin, especially the one that's dressed, dressed ready for the Hawaiian vacation for uh, drinks at Maui at uh, whatever hotel in Hawaii you can imagine in your mind, being at the beach. The HR person said, uh, got to ask you about your outfit. Everyone else showed up in a suit. You decided to show up dressed the way you are. Tell us the story behind that. And the candidate, now he's a pilot. He said, he said, look, he said, I did some research before I came here today. And one of the things that I noticed about Southwest Airlines is that you seem to be a company that puts fun at the highest level of the experience as being a worker. And I just wanted to show you that I 
understand your thinking and that I understand the culture and that I can be a very effective part of the culture. Now, again, I don't know this story firsthand, but allegedly he was the pilot that Southwest hired. Hire for attitude, train for skill. I'm sure he had all the credentials. I'm sure he was a good pilot. I'm sure he didn't lack any of the things needed to effectively passage or fly people around the world. Uh, But the best people, the best people are proud of the lessons learned through failure. Just remember that. If people can't tell you in an interview where they struggle, where they fall short, they may not be top talent. Because top talent wears failure and rejection proudly because they, G-A-S, they have gas. Now, if you're a first-time listener, this podcast is in its third season. We're about to start season number four. Uh, I want you to to know that you can go to my website, www.johngrubbs.com, and you can learn a lot more about me. There's a lot of free information There's articles, there's videos, there's things that you can learn about me, and there's a lot of information that I provide for free. I even give away a free book. If you go to johngrubbs.com right now, you can download a copy of one of my leadership books. People say, John, why do you give your book away? It sells for $20 on Amazon. Well, that gift is for you because you just gave me the most precious gift one human can give another, and that is your time. And in exchange for your time, I will give you that book just by going to my website and downloading the book. You can download it as a PDF file or you can download it as a Mobi file if you read your books on Kindle. So this podcast is for people who go against the grain, who move against the normalcy of society, the normalcy of business, the normalcy of our culture. This podcast is for people who do things differently who explicitly fight the attraction of being ordinary or common. You know, crazy people are the ones that do the magic things in our lives. Crazy people put people on the moon. Crazy people explore the oceans. Crazy people climb mountains. Crazy people get things done. This podcast is for people crazy enough to win. Until next time.